0: If you could leave your Bibles open, we'll be referring to that passage uh, a little later. And can I also say, if I'm not too long-winded, there might be a chance for a couple of questions afterwards. As you heard, today we're starting a new series about what matters to us. So our core values, the core features of our vision... But why do we need a vision? Well, Proverbs twenty-nine, nineteen, in the King James Version says, Without a vision, the people perish. Probably a more accurate translation is, Without a vision, the people are blown by the wind. The people cast off restraint. In our little document, We're wanting to lay before you, set before you, ...the joy and the privilege that God sets before all his people. As you know, God appoints his people to be his partners, his co-workers... ...to follow Jesus and to assist in God's amazing redemption plan. Our task is to assist in establishing the kingdom of heaven here on earth. So a vision enables us... To focus on Jesus The author and perfecter of our faith A vision enables us to see more clearly What God's will is for us A vision enables us to set our sights On the glorious hope that God has set before us A vision invites us daily To live out God's love Without God's grand vision We'll be tossed about By the winds of whimsy. So please pray with me before we look at our first core value. Gracious God, we don't want to be tossed around by the winds of this age. We want you to lead us because you are the Lord of your church. So we pray tonight that by your spirit you would speak to us so that we might follow your way and not be blown off. Off path. Thank you that you are with us now and that you will indeed teach us. Amen. Our first core value is the Bible. So you can see on the screen we are committed to biblical Christ-centered teaching and to be a people shaped by God's word and God's grace found in the gospel. So two key aspects there, biblical Christ-centered teaching and a people shaped by God's word and his grace. So we're going to consider two questions and then I'm going to sneak in a little exhortation at the end. But our two questions are, what is the Bible and how is it useful? Sounds a bit silly to ask what the Bible is, doesn't it? The Bible's a book, of course. But it's a unique book. When Queen Elizabeth was presented with a Bible at her coronation, these words were said Here is wisdom. Here is the royal law. Here are the living oracles of God. This book is no ordinary book. It is a book but it's also many books. It's a library of sorts, of various literature. It has many books, but one book written over a period of approximately a thousand years. It's a book, but many books. It's a book with many authors and one author. Many authors wrote at different times and in different places. But as we saw... In our Bible reading, in 2 Timothy 3.16, all Scripture is God-breathed. Each book is breathed out by God. God God-inspired by His Holy Spirit moving through each author. And the words of this author, the word that spoke the universe into, into being, this powerful creative word, is behind this book. This is also many stories, but one story. Many stories focusing at times on just the nation and at other times on individuals and then the entire world. Many stories, but they all whisper one name. They all whisper the name of Jesus. This is God's story, and it's our story. It's one story from creation, To new creation and you have an idea of the flow of it don't you in the beginning God creates we turn away which brings brokenness instead of wholeness so God comes and walks among us centuries later in the person of Jesus to redeem and restore not just humanity but all of creation Jesus takes upon himself The punishment for our rebellion in turning away from God. He's crucified. He's dead. He's buried. But he comes alive and he ascends to the Father, promising to return to judge and finalize the renewal of all things. This one story focuses on Jesus, the living Word the word become flesh God himself incarnate the Bible focuses on Christ so true biblical teaching is Christ centred and this story is true because God the author cannot lie it's not that he chooses not to lie he cannot lie he is truth This big story, this meta-narrative, is our story because it speaks to the true human condition. It speaks of the nature of all people who have ever lived. On each page, we are reminded just how... just how how deeply sinful we are so sinful that we're not prepared to even name it or dare think of it but on every page we are able to see that we are far 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 loved more than we could ever imagine this book is unlike any other book Written centuries ago, but God is still speaking through it, breathing out His words by His holy Spirit. In Ephesians 6:17, the Word of God is described as the sword of the spirit. And as you can see on the screen in Hebrews 4:12, we read, "The Word of God is alive and active, sharper than a double-edged sword. It penetrates, even dividing between soul and spirit. So this book is not solely a comforting word. It is also a cutting word. God's spirit uses God's word to cut deep into our lives. Like a skilled surgeon. So that we can be healed. Cutting out self-deceit, envy, jealousy. And you name the list that follows this is a unique book it is the word of God how is it useful of course other books are useful but how is this particularly useful Uh, please look with me again at verses 14 and 15 as for you continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of because you know those from whom you learnt it and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Here are three simple ways that this book is more useful than any other. It's a book about salvation, it's useful for growth, and it's useful for all the family. The Holy Scriptures, the Word of God, is a book of salvation. A book about rescue. Not rescue from death, but a rescue through death to new life. This book alone tells us how a spiritually dead person, how a self-righteous runaway, how the corrupt, the broken, the undeserving, the, the unworthy, the justly condemned like you and I, can be raised to new life. No medical journals can do it. No self-help programs. No other religious writings has this power. The Bible is the only book which tells us how a human can be brought back to life through faith in Jesus Christ. Jesus was sent by the Father to live out God's Word fully, to speak God's Word truly, and to love us with a love that is stronger than death. It is faith in Him alone that saves. God's Word is more useful than any other book because in here we have all we need To make us wise through salvation, wise for salvation through Jesus Christ. And that is all a gift of grace. So if you haven't heard God's call to you, turn back to me, turn back to me, let me love you. If you haven't heard his call, let me eradicate your sin by pointing you to my son. If you haven't heard his call. This book is for you. This is wisdom. These are the living oracles of God. Here and here alone is salvation. Secondly, it's useful for growth. This word shapes our knowledge, our beliefs and our behaviour. here is all we need to grow in knowledge here is all we need to shape our beliefs here is all we need to grow in Christ likeness all scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching rebuking they go together correcting and training in righteousness they go together people say knowledge is power Yet not all knowledge is useful, is it? We can have knowledge and belief, but it can be limited and it can be faulty. Therefore we read in God's word that it is useful for teaching and rebuking. God's word is useful for teaching us the truth about ourselves and the truth about God. God's word is useful for rebuking us, for challenging our presumed knowledge and presumed beliefs which are lacking. God's word teaches us what is right to believe and God's word rebukes us when our beliefs are skewed. Now knowledge by itself is a good thing but it is inadequate because we can know what is right and still do what is wrong we can know what is wrong and still be drawn to do it anyway what we believe in our head and our hearts what we believe about God and about ourselves will definitely be reflected in how we behave How we pray, if we pray, how we spend our time, our money, how we relate, how we do anything will be a reflection of our understanding on the inside of ourselves and God. The Bible also challenges us and corrects our sinful behavior and trains us for righteousness. So if we hope to be the Christ-like people, the family that God wants us to be, we need to be corrected and we need to be trained. So if you look with me at verse 17, we need these things so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. If we desire to be better people tomorrow in any lasting way, We need to turn to the scriptures today. It is this living word which trains us to be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Not partially equipped, not occasionally equipped, but thoroughly equipped as we rely on this word and God's grace. Thoroughly equipped for every good work. Growing in prayerfulness. Raising your children, loving your spouse, loving your neighbour, caring for a dying friend, growing a little bit more patient, a little bit more kind, growing in a life that's less anxious, refraining from uttering that hurtful word, being equipped daily to be more like Jesus thirdly this book is useful for all the family Timothy was taught the scriptures from infancy by his mother Eunice and his grandmother Lois praise God for those who teach our children at Kids Church, at K Central praise them that they are assisting to make our children wise for salvation But if you're a parent or a grandparent, please, please, please don't abdicate your responsibility to those people. Please do your bit. Be reading the scriptures to your young children. If you don't fall in the parent-grandparent category, find someone else to read the Bible with. While we're in Brussels... Uh, we went to church there and we met a man from Iran who had been baptised that day. And he'd become wise to salvation by somebody reading the Bible to him in English. This book is the best book to read to a dying person. For in this book, alone is life with Christ beyond death now please don't misunderstand me I am not saying that this book is magic I am not saying to worship this book because that would be idolatry but if you look at our passage you can see that this book this book will help us to love God With all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. It is not the Bible that saves, but it does make us wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Now, probably what you've all been waiting for, and what you probably all know is coming next an exhortation. Read the Bible. Read it daily. It won't surprise you that biblical literacy in Australia has been on the decline for well over fifty years. Uh, currently there are only forty five percent of households who have a Bible. If you don't have a Bible and you want one, take one from our fuse. We won't consider it stealing it's a gift. Take one if you're going to read it. Please. try and increase that to one hundred percent of households with Bibles. Only 20% of the declining Christian population read the Bible daily. And I'm sure that you can guess the most frequent reason given for not reading the Bible. And I'm going to get you to help me here because I want you to complete this sentence out aloud. You'll catch on, I'm sure. I don't read the Bible because I don't have enough enough time there was a survey conducted in 2016 Australian respondents spent on average 18 hours a week watching television it's not that we don't have time it's that we choose other things we choose other things over being made wise for salvation We choose other things over being thoroughly equipped for every good work. If the people in that survey took one of their 18 hours each day, so let's say six, we'll give them a day off, six hours, and they read the Bible for a night, an hour a night before going to bed, they would get through the entire book if they're an average speed reader. In about eight months. How we spend our time is how we spend our lives. What are you spending your life on? How we spend our time is how we spend our lives. It is who we become. Or sadly, who we don't become. We cannot let the Word of God dwell in us richly as individuals or as a church if we only read the Scriptures when we gather gathered together on Sunday or in growth groups and every now and then. We say that the Bible matters to us as a church, and so it should. Because all the other things that matter to us, prayer, community, growth, outreach, all feed from God's Word. The Bible should be shaping our lives individually and as a church. Our decision making, our activities, both current and future, our worship, our living, all need to be consistent with what the Bible says and focusing on Jesus we need God's word in our hearts we need it in our minds we need it in our actions we need it on our lips please please take the gift of time that God has given you each day to read his word Make a start, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, not as a legalistic necessity, but to feed your soul, to feed your very self. Ask God as you read to highlight something to you, a word, a phrase, a theme, a question. And take that thought with you and mull over it during the day. Talk to a family member or a friend about what you're thinking and what it's saying. Read the Bible as you're driving to work. Now, listen to the Bible as you're driving to work. There are plenty of Bible apps that allow you to do that, that will allow us to let the Word of Christ dwell in us richly. Talk to somebody about what you're struggling with. Try and do this on a daily basis. If you're thinking, I don't know where to start, I need help. I checked out in our little library in the back hall. There are 20 Bible reading guides there of different sorts for people to take. Daryl has put together... Our growth group studies, Daryl and Karen have put together our growth group studies for our core values. Take that. Here's some other daily Bible reading. Take that. And if none of them work, come and see me. Come and see me. I'll tell you about all my failures and what's working for me now. We won't be learning love for life if we're not letting God's word into our lives. But don't take my word for it. Listen to what God says. Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters, and you who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me, our God says, and eat what is good, and your soul will delight in the richest of fare. Give ear and come to me. Listen that you may live. Please pray with me. Father, you know that there are young mothers here. You know that there are busy, busy workers here. You know that there are students that are overloaded with work. You know, and yet you call and you ask us to meet with you daily, to be fed by you so that our soul, our inner being can grow and be nurtured and loved. Please, Father, help us together to help each other so that our lame excuses are seen for what they are. Please help us to help each other love your word, love you. Amen.